welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Saroyes. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, Pat. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Just uh, uh, got off the road. I'm out here in Austin, Texas, uh, back home. Excited to talk today about a scam that I heard on the road. Uh, I heard about it. It's one of those like, real quick ones, like hearing about it like to production. So that's pretty cool. And, yeah, um, yeah, we got we got our free episodes this month are are pretty topical, which is exciting. Hopefully, hopefully we have some new listeners because of those. If you're new, yeah. welcome, welcome yeah, yeah. to the scam the, gang. Yeah, welcome, welcome aboard. Uh, you know, if you are out there, if this is, this is going to be a a, a navy themed uh, episode, so if that's why you're listening and you're here, just want to give you a big uh, thanks for tuning in and thanks for your service, and I hope you guys like it. And the the, the a comedian perfect, who, a perfect. I love that you always say welcome aboard because it's perfect for this yeah, one. It's yeah, about yeah. the navy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, total navy lingo. That's that, that's that's uh, that, that's textbook. <laughs> you know, welcome aboard, and then then they go aye aye, and they come in. Uh, mm. Any navy guy, I'll tell you that. No, I, so, um, yeah, well, I'll get to that in just a little bit, but, uh, how are you doing out there today, Kath? I'm all right. Um, I'm not sure when this will be coming out, but I had talked about this on another episode we just recorded. I'm sick right now. So if I sound weird, that's why, um, I'm having, I'm having just a real boring weekend and I'm really cranky about it cause I can't do anything. And, uh, yeah. it sucks. I was like, I was, I had all these plans. I was going to be a new woman this weekend. I was going to get, uh, but I was going to get my hair cut on Friday and get bangs. And then I was going to get a tattoo on Sunday. So I was like, I was going to transform my life. I was going to be a different yeah. person. <laughs> but I had to cancel all that stuff. So I'm still the same old, same old calf, unfortunately. So yeah. <laughs> next time, For, next time we record, I will be a, a new woman. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. Keep your ears open, folks. You will be able to hear the tattoo. Absolutely. And the bangs. It'll be totally different. Uh, I'm changing my life. I, I, I did like how you, cause I, 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 like, I know like, you know, bangs are like the, uh, you know, the, 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 the cry for help thing. I love how you gave everyone in your life a week's warning that you're about to show up with bangs. <laughs> I did. And it's so funny. I actually, my, my best friend uh, was in town the other day and I, I had brunch with her and she, she does not think it's a good idea. So I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm really being thrown for a loop. So she was like, cause she was, we were talking about, I was like, the reason I'm getting bangs is because I don't, I have a really deep wrinkle in my forehead that I don't like. And it's either Botox and fillers or bangs. Like those are my yeah. options to deal with it. And uh, I was like, well, Botox and fillers are like way more expensive. And she was like, but bangs maintenance is very expensive. And also, cause Ooh. she's my best friend. She's like my sister. She's like, I know you're very greasy. So this is a problem. <laughs> Your bangs are going to get greasy. And I was like, I'm not, as I have grown up, as I have matured, I am no longer greasy. Cause she's been my friend since I was 12. <laughs> So yeah. she remembers like greasy teenage Kath and it's like, no, no, I'm not greasy anymore. So anyway, we'll, we'll see, we'll see who, re who regrets what, but, uh, I have heard some dissent. So yeah. listeners, stay tuned for the thrilling conclusion of this story. Um, I am taking her dissent into account, but I think yeah. I'm probably going to still do it. Greasy Kath sounds like, like a, like a, a version of yourself from your past that like only comes out when it's needed. You know what I'm saying? It's like that, <laughs> that picture of, of Bugs Bunny with his fucking ha his hand on the gun where he's like about to go back to the old me, like that meme. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I just used to, I'm Italian. Like I used to have, my hair used to get really greasy. I used to have to wash it all the time. But like yeah. I, as I've gotten older, it's like now it's, now it's not, now it's fine. But yeah, yeah Greasy Kath <laughs> is a specter that haunts me. <laughs> 
Y'all gonna keep fucking I mean, around I was me like and then turn pretty... me back to the old me. <laughs> I was I was like pretty frumpy until I was like 25. So yeah, there is there are some pictures of me where it, I am visibly greasy for sure. So. <laughs> oh, somebody put some sawdust on that poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my my friend was not wrong in in bringing that to yeah. my attention. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway <laughs> speaking speaking of uh, of, uh, of grease and greasiness right. um, okay ships ships can get, can get greasy no okay I don't, I don't know where i was gonna go with that one uh no there, there's a pretty greasy character in the center of our story today okay um, oh we have great you know, so greasy cath here you go you want to talk about another uh uh you know uh, adjective name nickname Today, uh, anybody again tuning in from the uh, from the Navy, anybody pays attention to the news, uh, will know what I'm talking about. We are going to talk about the Fat Leonard scandal, which uh, all right, grease, yeah. fat, a form of <laughs> <Yeah>. grease. <laughs> there we go. That, that Austin restaurant is called like, Big Bite, and they like delivered till four a.m. and it was like on the drag. yeah, yeah, like uh, three DoorDash days. They were like the one place yeah. you could get food late at night. You would order at one o'clock and then you'd like be passed out drunk on the couch at four thirty and the driver would get there. And, and like, the food was literally just like like fr- the frozen frozen shit from like the grocery store that they would heat up yeah. for you. It was gross. Yeah, yeah. All of their sandwiches were called fat whatever though. It'd be like, yeah. you know, like uh, <laughs> and there was there was one called a fat bitch. Which <laughs> Not ordering that. I refuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, today is the Fat Leonard scandal. Um, this is a a huge scandal that's happening in the military. That's breaking the military world right now. It took place over the last two decades. Um, some have described this as the biggest security failure in U.S. military history. Um, wow. Yeah, it is definitely something that is like under discussed in in like the general public right now. But like the implications of it are. Stuff that like historians are going to talk about. Like this is, this is insane. Uh, so I want to give a special shout out to a comedian friend of mine, uh, Shannon Mugridge. Uh, he is a, a a guy from here uh, out here in Austin. He uh, now moved to Colorado and tours, and I uh, do a lot of road gigs with him. If any of you uh, listeners came out to my shows in uh, like Wisconsin and um, uh, Washington and Oregon, uh, we had a couple of people come out. You met Shannon, and uh, so Shannon was I was on you know the podcast about about scam artists and he was like yo fat leonard and i was like what the fuck you call me and he was like no <laughs> so, and he was like uh yeah and i was like shannon i thought we were friends now um yeah the fat leonard scandal so this is a bit with you as a big shout out to shannon and also listening to a bunch of podcasts with him in the on the road whenever military stuff gets discussed he was always did that military thing of like actually man that's a they got that wrong that's actually called this so apologizing in advance for that i'm, gonna, I'm sure i'm gonna do that a bunch but i really we're try gonna to get hella cast. stuff wrong if you're new to this podcast yeah. that is a part of it so yeah just, yeah, yeah yeah just so yeah. you know <laughs> we, our solemn vow is that we will ne- never read a book for yeah <laughs> yeah i listen to like some of my favorite deep dive podcasts and they're like they'll reference the true crime book the uh, the episode's based on and like yeah you know i was reading that and i'm just like are you ready you didn't just like just say it <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like say say that you did we're it, but, here uh, to we're here to give you the the gist of something in a comedic way and if you're interested yes. in more facts you can look up the less funny information on your own that's yeah. what we're about 
Yeah, if you want information that's not going to make you chuckle, that's your disease, man, not mine. You know, take care <laughs> of it on your own thing. But, um, yeah, so we're uh, going to dive into this. And like I said, again, special thanks to Shannon Mugridge, and he is a very funny comedian, and he's uh, active on, uh, on all the social media platforms. Go look for my boy. So, <clears throat> Fat Leonard, let's get right into this. The Fat Leonard scandal refers to a massive fraud, waste, and abuse scandal that was perpetrated by dozens of some of the highest-ranking officers in the United States, United States Navy's 7th Fleet and a larger-than-life Malaysian defense contractor named Leonard Francis Drake, a.k.a. Fat Leonard. Um, I like to think Fat Leonard didn't know this was his nickname until the scandal broke. Uh, <laughs> He's very offended. He was like, I was going to say, I feel like... I feel like any uh, defense contractor with a nickname is corrupt. Just like automatically, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like don't trust that guy. That is that is a nefarious person. Yeah. I can't believe Johnny Clean as a whistle wasn't all he was cracked up to be. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, just like so, mm, you you enjoy yeah, yeah, your yeah. your very ghoulish job too much if you have like a fun nickname yeah. about it. There's certain jobs that just gregariousness shouldn't creep into. And that is one of the words <laughs> that gets used to describe Leonard is gregarious, which I think means fun, but fat. So it, that is Leonard, like that is a word that is only used to describe fat people. It's it's like yeah. jolly. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a jolly. <laughs> so Leonard was the founder of CEO, founder and CEO of Glenn Defense Marine Asia, a ship's husbandry company that met the needs of U.S. naval vessels while they were docked at dozens of ports that he controlled Wait, in several. I have a question. Ship husbandry. That sounds like you make yeah. ships fuck. Yeah, what does yeah. that mean? <laughs> well, Kath, how do you think you get dinghies? OK, <laughs> you, you, you have to you have to breed dinghies and you got to let them grow into okay. strong ships. Yeah. Again, I did a lot of research for this. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah it, it's basically the, so you know how they uh, the a ship is as um, generally referred to as as female, right? So sure. um, the the ship's husband is the land. So when a ship needs to be nurtured oh. and taken care of, it goes to its husband, which is the land. That's which is, very uh, poetic. It's a very romantic That's way nice. of looking at things. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a ship's husbandry company that met the needs of the U.S. naval vessels while they were docked at uh, dozens of ports that he controlled in several major cities along the coastline of Southeast Asia. Leonard perfected the art of courting top Navy brass in the late 80s and early 90s and was able to secure scores of unimaginably lucrative contracts. Uh, Leonard's methods were simple. He knew that ships full of sailors pulling into port after months at sea uh, had a proclivity for top-shelf liquor, gourmet food, five-star hotels, European sports cars, duffel bags full of cash, and not exaggerating when I say this, Kath, an incalculable amount of hookers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, like, yeah. I, I like that they put this like this was a skill that he knew this. Like he was so yeah, smart yeah, yeah, and yeah. figured out that this is what yeah. they liked. It's like, I probably could have still- guessed. I, yeah, I yeah. figured that out probably, but all right, cool. Yeah, he's, he's like, right. He came to me one time when I was, I was out, out at a bar one night. There was this guy making out with a girl, another guy eating food. And I said, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, he, uh, now, like when I say, like, if you, okay, if you were tasked with, hey, you got to research a story about naval corruption, I'd be like, okay, got to hear a lot about sex workers. I went in there with those expectations and was still shocked by the amount of sex workers that, that, are, that are featured in the story. It's a, it's a real high watermark for just num- sheer numbers of sex <laughs> workers. So um, now, 
After the attacks on the USS Cole in 98 and 9-11 and 01, the Navy relied on GDMA, that's the the, the Glenn Defense Marine Association, we're going to say that from now on. Uh, they relied on them even more. They expanded their duties to include providing security while ships were docked and in port. So basically, he would normally just do, they called it like, you know, um, food and fuel is what mm-hmm. husbandry places would bring in. And then now... He expands his business. He's providing security in port. Um, yeah. He just becomes... It's, be- it's like what happened... I mean, it happened in like every facet of the military after 9-11. Yeah. Is like yep. all of these contractors saw the opportunity for huge paydays because now yeah. it... Yeah, you have to provide security. You have to like... You can cover... You can You can like chalk up a lot of expenses to like, oh, well, we're yeah. making sure terrorists don't fuck up our shit. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and I know there's a precedent for it, so I don't want to sound callous, but isn't that a racket that some guy's like, hey, uh, that's a bunch of nice guys holding guns over there, you gotta be ashamed if something happened to them. Uh, you should, like, I, yeah. I'm, I swear, if, I have a, if I have a guy with a gun, I'm sorry, I'm not paying you to guard my guy with a gun. He's got that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, pri- private defense contractors, like, we could do an entire podcast talking about yeah. the scams of people who uh, contract with U.S. military, like, they are yeah. they are very often shady people. Not always, yeah. but very often. And yeah, and very often they fall out of the wheelhouse of our subject matter because they get into some very like icky situations that we you know we try to stick to like the lighthearted scams. You do, you right. look at a lot of like the stories that these guys are in the news for, and you're like, oh, this is not lighthearted nor a scam. Uh, this, this is, is uh, extremely very, dark and like disgusting, yeah. and will just make us mad. So <laughs> for, for sure, for sure. So uh, so yeah, so. If uh, they expanded their duties to including uh, security while ships were docked in port, Leonard and his company were integral to the success of the U.S. Navy's missions and objectives in the uh, the Pacific uh, region. I know it's not theater because it's wartime and for this theater. Uh, Leonard knowingly and intentionally went out of his way to operate as a mafia boss. Uh, he had dozens of, co- of com- commanders, admirals, and government officials in his pocket, and he utilized those connections to make sure that American naval vessels docked exclusively in ports that he controlled. And then, as though he were Navy brass himself, he ordered those same military leaders to look the other way when the invoices for the food, fuel, security that he provided arrived at the Pentagon on average 60 to 70 percent higher than what they would pay with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cornered the market, cornered the sex yeah. worker and nice food market. Yeah, he was. a Yeah, yes. he was a man who again, he's got like Robert Maxwell in a way that like post like like the second half of the 20th century was like such a. A time of like like excess that we're now understanding like doesn't normally happen in human history, uh, mm-hmm. and it created these these larger than life characters that we just we can't we're not probably not going to see again very soon. And that's not, I'm not saying we need these guys, but it's just he was one of these guys. He yeah. um, he was the kind of the kind of guy he had the kind of power that reserved for those figures in history lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time to tap into the unfathomable economic power of the United States defense budget. Um, mm-hmm. His scam grew so large that it doesn't really make sense to call it a scam. For 30 years, Fat Leonard was the de facto boss of the U.S. Navy's 7th Fleet. He was a foreign national who routinely, routinely worked with governments who were still hostile to the United States while possessing highly classified knowledge of the movements of 60 ships, hundreds of air- yeah. aircraft, and over 20,000 servicemen and women. So military analysts are unanimous in declaring this the greatest national security mistake that we've ever made. Um now. Yeah, I mean, this guy oh. knew where everything was, and uh, everything. and 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 
not only knew where it was, but like decided where it would be. It decided like. where it would go. Yeah, that's like he he talks about. There's a a, a podcast that's uh, that listed that has exclusive interviews with him, uh, and he, he a he sounds evil. Um, but apparently he was like a really fun guy. <laughs> like he was like a really like he was a gregarious, jolly, fucking fat Malaysian dude. But uh, yeah. he um, he also he sounds evil. He has like he does he has like a very hard to place like almost American sounding accent. Um, mm. And he just was talking about he's like I was moving ships around like a chess like like with big pieces on a board. He's like it was I I was in control. He's playing battleship. Yeah yeah yeah. He's just you, know, you play with people's lives, dog. All right. So, uh, but the uh, yeah so. They 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 often they say that that Beijing and Moscow themselves could not have dealt a greater blow to like the efficiency of the navy. Like it, 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 somebody called it, it's like it was like non-violently nuking the navy in the sense that you just mm-hmm. took out uh, it was so many of their people uh, in this investigation, four of whom are going on trial this month. Uh, that were, wow. the, there's so many people implicated in this because you know military like like personnel rotate every three to four years my family was military we moved every four years so Mm. this scam was going on for longer than that so Leonard had to get new people as they came in so the list of people basically they said if you've ever been west of hawaii you're getting investigated and uh wow yeah because like they move people in and then they are introduced to this guy and they're told this is how things are done and in or, and, and for your silence you get nice food and nice cars and hookers yeah. so yeah yeah enjoy yeah wow it like it, 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 at what point does it become like a scam it does it become standard operating procedure like it's like right. one thing they'll say and that everybody says is like the company got the job done like it's very tricky to get huge amounts of supply even if you have billions of dollars and you're the u.s navy getting a ship's worth of fresh food delivered in some far-flung corners of the world is very hard and the navy routinely has to deal with locals who wouldn't pass the smell test for any journalist uh you know or they'd be like wait why are you dealing with this guy and it's just kind of like a matter of necessity and this is like such a an unseen part of the navy's like uh, efficacy is is these guys in in foreign countries who usually you know got their ears to the street. Uh, you know they're they're not like they certainly wouldn't they certainly wouldn't join the military like they're not those kind of guys you know. Right. So, well, and they wouldn't pass any kind of security check for. for yeah. No. Like not that. at but all. But they're who's around. So they're then they're who's in charge of stuff. So you have to you have yeah. to deal with them. Yeah. I, it's also just like it's so interesting to think like this is a really good uh, episode for tax season because it's like. Art, your taxes went to pay Fat Leonard. Like, yeah, that's that's what how these people make their money. They invoice the Pentagon. So, like, this is what they're taking shit out of your paycheck for, which is just incredible to think about. Yeah, and you want to get even more mad? Think about think about the money already going, and think about like what else you've asked for and were told no because they couldn't afford it. Totally, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's that's fucking healthcare. I mean, you can't have healthcare because we have to pay Fat Leonard 70% more than (laughs) what he should get paid. Yeah, I, I would love for you to go to the doctor, but uh, you know, like I had to give eleven Gucci handbags to officers' wives so they won't divorce them. So (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, so uh, over 30 of the highest-ranking officers in the entire Navy have been charged and convicted with dozens of crimes. For the first time in U.S. history, a sitting Navy admiral was sentenced to jail for his involvement in a crime. Um, if you just factor in the amount of security clearances that had to be revoked in light of these convictions, many of which are still being tried, like I said, yeah, this this was a bigger, like, 
like impetus to our our national like uh, response readiness and whatever than any bomb. Like any bomb, obviously, but you know, like this is such a, a big blow. Right. So, this this took out a huge portion of like higher ups in the navy yeah. in this. Yeah. Like yeah, if you if you were in the navy in the Pacific Ocean you potentially could be tried it sounds like if yeah, you yeah, had yeah. any kind of authority at all which you know that that yeah. uh f- refilling those roles with qualified people takes a lot of time and effort and uh all of those people that are now uh under scrutiny yeah know a lot of shit like there are yeah. a lot of untrustworthy it, it, people that know a lot of shit now so it is it, it's people like like in the, the, like in careers like this and positions like this like you know if you don't anticipate somebody retiring because military is so like it's so regimented in the time that you serve yeah. like yeah you, you can get out if you, if you don't realist but usually like you know somebody's coming up on 20 and like they're getting out at 20 it's like it's it's way more dependable than like if you're managing like a fucking you know like a uh pr like a tax company or some shit where people would just be like ah, i'm gonna retire this year or whatever like right. military it's pretty you can't, so they, like, they, like you can't interview like people to fill a hundred admiral positions that all yeah, come yeah, up yeah, 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 yeah. you weren't anticipating like, that's not yeah. how that works yeah I, I i closed it out the closing arguments but i, I guess I'll, I'll use it here basically it was like i was like imagine if you own a commercial trucking company and every driver got a dui on the same weekend you know, yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah it would just fuck everything up uh, also, um, one thing I've, uh, as a shout out to my boy Shannon, uh, there was one general or uh, uh, an intelligence officer named Ted Branch who was like rock star among the uh, among the enlisted men. Everybody loved the guy. He was implicated in this, and the entire Navy collectively was like, "No, Ted Branch would never," and he was cleared of all wrongdoing. Uh, so, oh wow, Shannon, <laughs> yeah, Shannon served under him, I guess, at one point. So I, I almost didn't want to mention him because I didn't like why well, mention him. He did anything wrong, but I want to show some love. That dude beat the charges, uh, Hell yeah. deservedly so, from what I understand. So let's get down to it. Let's talk about the central figure. Oh, one more thing is how this is not, this hasn't really been talked about outside of the Navy because there was several efforts to make sure it never got bigger than it did. And it was one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like, they just had to, they had to stop doing that because it was like, oh, this is already there. So, right. Um, this is a but, disaster. We can't let people know how bad this is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, and then it got to the point where it's like, oh shit, if we try to not tell people how bad this was, it's going to be a, a somehow even bigger disaster. Yeah, so. yeah. But let's get to know the central figure of our story. One of uh, the wackiest dudes we've covered in a while. Uh, guys, let's talk about Fat Leonard himself. Uh, morning DJ radio noises. <laughs> but, uh, so Leonard was born Leonard Glenn Francis in the port city of Penang, Malaysia. Uh, ship husbandry had been the family business for generations by the time he arrived. His grandfather on his mother's side had started a small business that would provide tugboat services for large merchant vessels entering port. Once they were anchored, uh, the, anchored in the port, the family would pilot their fleet of small wooden boats right up to the ships, sell them provisions and fuel, and then other uh, other boats would roll up and they would like let the crewmen hop on, they'd ferry them to the shore, and then you know let, let, turn them loose on all the bars and shit. So Leonard uh, excelled at that part. So Leonard is six four. Uh, um, not not I, I, as far as I understand, Southeast Asia six four. You're walking around, you're noticeable. You know, you're like that's not. Yeah, a I could. I would there. imagine. Yes. Yeah. So he was six four, barrel chested, even as a teen. Uh, so that and his friendly, outgoing personality allowed him to get along with, you know, all the grown men coming off these ships. And he soon started accompanying to the, the bars and the brothels and became something of a local attraction himself. People rolled into port and they were just like, Oh yeah, let's go let's go talk to you know, Fat Leonard. Fun guy to let's party with, him. yeah. Fun guy to party with, yeah. Um 
So yeah, he uh, so after that he developed an international network of contacts before his twenties, and he formed strong relationships with local politicians, cops, criminals, business owners. Um, his home life was very chaotic. His dad was a woman, womanizing drunk who beat his mom, and she actually fled to her native Scotland once she knew that Robert was uh, old enough to survive without her. So as soon as she was like, "My my kid's safe, I'm out." Um, mm. His dad was never really close to him, so he soon found himself flying solo with no real connection to his family or their business. So he began to make his own his own money. He got into a business running a bar that soon became a popular hangout for sailors, locals, and local gangs alike. Now, Leonard deftly navigated this world. Um, he would keep the gang members in check without pissing them off. Uh, he was, yeah, this guy sounds nice. like he is... He If he had just stuck to being a bar owner, he probably would be wildly successful and like less uh you know criminal which is like saying a lot because bar owners tend to kind of be criminals but i feel like oh yeah yeah. you know (laughs) probably out of at least uh national security concerns you know yeah but he he said he was in his interviews and he's one of he's again he's he's being interviewed at at the life of like a, a relatively consequence free life of crime he's very old now and uh and so in his interviews, obviously he may be bragging or like, you know, like um, gussying things up a little bit, but he basically told the guy, he's like, well, he's like, yeah, I guess I could have did, I could have did all that. He's like, but what, what am I going to do? That's not me. I'd be larger than life. And he, I remember I said earlier, he intentionally modeled himself after mafia figures from movies. That's true. So like, yeah. You know, he, he, he yeah. lives for this shit. Yeah. Yeah. This is like he, what he was crafting and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, he succeeded. You know? <laughs> so now he would, um, he would keep the place nice enough for travelers, but casual enough for locals. And it wasn't uncommon to see him drunkenly singing karaoke with triad gang members. And this dude was a partier. He was like one of those partiers where he's just like, oh, you just drink a bunch, do a bunch of drugs. Like, no, he's fun. Like he he gets up, he dances, he sings, he's buying drinks, yeah. he's you know, he's like, charming. He's link, link, linking people up, telling them to go out there. And he he has so his family is um is of Portuguese descent, but there's a large like um like I said like an ethnic population in like. Uh, India and parts of Southeast Asia that were from uh, uh, Portuguese um, explorers, settlers, colonizers from yep. uh, the previous centuries who have just kind of like lived in there. And uh, it's mm-hmm. like so it's like a, an ethnic uh, identity there. And so he, as a result, and his mom was, was from Scotland, he didn't really have like a heavy accent. And he kind of sounds like American. He sounds like he could be like from like deep Chicago or like, like, like maybe a little mm. bit or just like, or maybe like an, like an odd borough in New York. It's a very strange accent to place, but it comes across way more American uh, mm-hmm. than, than I'm sure uh, people around were. So international travelers loved him because he could speak a bunch of languages and he could talk to them like casually and comfortably in English. Yeah. So he was a, uh, Really hold it down there. It, he ended up getting hit it off really well with the Triad gang members. Um, you know, the gang were a scary bunch of young men who would ritually ritually scar their faces and carried like comically large knives tucked into their pants. And they were yeah, always they looked going fucking to, cool. Is what you're saying? Yeah, cool as shit. Yeah, they were always like up for two or three nights on fucking wild ass crank. They were just like it's an insane crew of people who, in the, in the midst of being like terrifying looking, like legit like killer soldiers, found plenty of time to go do karaoke which is dope yeah i mean that's like this is really painting a picture of what i assume naval port cities in asia are like just like yeah, yeah. real <laughs> wild places full of yeah. very striking characters yeah um, shannon told me that if uh, somebody was if somebody knew they were getting discharged from the navy like if it was like in the cards and they pulled in the port uh, they would like disappear 
And like, but like, as long if you're not discharged yet, like they can't leave till you're on that ship. And it like, after a few hours, it's like an international incident. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. And he told a story about this kid who knew he was going to get kicked out or no, he missed the first night back. So he knew he was going to get kicked out. He's like, yeah, that, I, I get kicked out for this. So he just took three nights off and blew his whole month paycheck on uh, just drugs and hookers. And, like just, and then just showed back up after like, you know, like, like diplomats were flying in from America to like solve the situation. <laughs> and he just walked back up to the boat. Nice. So, but the gangs liked Leonard, and they liked him so much that they let him join their gang, which is, is big for them. They don't do that to everybody. Yeah. Uh, they liked his familiarity with cars and decided to try him out as the getaway driver in a bank robbery. So Leonard was terrified but excited. I was one of those dudes who's real big, but he's also still like a child. You know, he grew up with yeah. like, rel- you know, pretty pronounced privilege. So he's like definitely like in this world, but he's like, oh shit, you know, this, is, this shit just got real. Right, things so, are getting real. Absolutely. Yeah, so he's like, all right, let me do what any sensible criminal would do. He bought a brand new bulletproof vest and he rented a really cool car to drive the day of the robbery. Hell uh, yeah. He showed up. That's what you yeah, want like in a getaway car, just a lot of flash. Yeah, yeah a lot a of flash. Cool yeah, yeah, do anything with more, with more decals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he, so he shows up uh, looking like a kid on the first day of school. Um, the robbery went as smoothly as robberies can go. Within minutes, him and his new gang buddies were howling with laughter, speeding away in the rental truck, throwing stacks of cash around the car. Uh, they drove a ways out of town and could not have been more complimentary of Leonard's excellence performance that day. And they told him as they and that as the new guy, uh, traditionally, he's going to get his cut in the in the foreign currency that's always around in port cities, uh, which, which which any any bank robbery would snag some foreign currency. So they were like, yeah, that's just, that's just, that's just, you know, you're the new guy, you get the foreign currency. And they're like, oh, also, we need you to uh, hold on to these guns. We're going to come back and get these guns to do more robberies in the future, buddy, because you're in the gang now. And he was like, cool, man. And he waved goodbye to his buddies. And uh, he felt proud of himself for being able to navigate such an ordeal all by himself. Well, that feeling faded less than a week later while he was in his car, stopped at a red light, and a police investigator hopped in his back seat, put a gun to his head, and demanded that he drive to his house. He pulls up outside of his house, dozen police cars uh, outside, and soon they found the the guns, uh, some ammunition, and stacks of large cash. Uh, or, so stacks of foreign cash. Basically, which is now worthless to him because they found it. Uh, basically, he uh, the methed out mafia friends of his played him from the jump street and just left him holding the bag. He was the guy that went down for the robbery, not them. Uh, he was the, the Red Hood in, D- in D.C. Mm. parlance. So, Bummer. As I said, he grew up pretty pretty cushy. You know, his family owned a big successful business, and now he found himself languishing in a hundred year old Malaysian prison. Now, Malaysia, a lot of like these like like South Central Asian countries and like Southeast Asia, like uh, as we know from like certain like breakout cases, very strict rules. Not the kind of places you go to let your freak flag fly. And not not a not like a super comfortable prison uh, culture in uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Asia. <laughs> not the best yeah. place to go to prison. Yeah, dude, like I just like go to like the Malaysian Board of Prisons. You're like, guys, I just got back from the uh, you know the Penang location, and it is filthy. What's going on? One star. Just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So basically, so he gets there, and um, uh, he just gets told that yeah, this is punishable by hanging. And it, the fact that it was possible. Like, well, you don't like the hanging, prison. Like, yeah, we have a solution you. for that. That's yeah, yeah. That's what we'll do. <laughs> So yeah, so he he was just like terrified. He recounts spending the days just crying and praying in his cell, awaiting his execution. Uh, he gave God the oft-repeated promise that if he let him get out of this one, man, he'd completely turn his life around. Sure. But as the day yep. marched, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, as the day marched near, he had begun to give up hope. And pretty much at the 11th hour, his mother, who had essentially abandoned him when she fled his father uh, a few years back, just got to Penang, flew back just in time to speak at his trial and plead for the judge to spare his life. And, you know, she was like, he's a good boy. He was led astray by small boys. I mean, I haven't seen him in 20 years, but he's a good boy, I think. (laughs) I assume. Which one is him? Is that, is that a, no, that's clearly Robert Barone. Get out of here. I'm looking for my son. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he does look like, uh, uh, I forget that actor's name, but he looks like, I can see him playing him in a movie. Uh, so the judge actually ends up uh, pardoning him. So he's like, he lets, he lets him go and he gets out after he was like in there for like a year and he basically been staring down the barrel of death the whole time. So, like many people who avoid death, Leonard felt a strong sense of purpose and a newfound fearlessness. Uh, the, infinite, the incident had had a profound effect on him, and he decided to get to work. So, using his family's connections, Leonard started his, his own ship husbandry company and returned to the port, the world he once knew. Uh, his lifelong experience and keen business instincts did exactly what is to be expected. By the late 80s, Leonard had a wildly successful business. Uh, he was servicing dozens of merchant vessels that passed through the harbors of, in Penang every month. But Litter knew that the harbors didn't just attract merchant vessels. Naval ships also passed through them frequently That's where the well. real money is, for That's sure. That's where the real money is. Yeah. Yeah. Because the system of bids and contracts that went along with the government work you know that, that that's that's the money as we talked about earlier, but it's also a little intimidating. Uh, you know, it's like a weird world to get into, and you've been doing this one thing the whole time. Mm-hmm. So he was given just a little bit of a boost by the, the you know the whirling chaos that is the world stage. Uh, and in 1991, the Philippines government was becoming less fond of their relationship with the U.S. military and was threatening to ban them not only from their ports, but also revoke the military base they used to train and house troops at when in Asia. Um, yeah, it's like a big part of having a ship out at sea is where you can you know, bring it into land and like stay right. there for a while. Mm-hmm. And so the Philippines was that spot. So they were like, yeah, man, we're, we're you know, we're done. We're not even we're not we're not going to use our bases. Uh, or this was they were in discussion to do that in talks. As a guy who lived on a, a military base in a foreign country, yeah, they're they're not thrilled about it, you know. <laughs> like, just, yeah. yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, like local business owners, I, I I think they like. I don't even know that because we would go to German places and like they were just like I, I don't know they had this, like they're friendly, but it was like yeah, there was a thing like there was like man, we always get the fuck out of here, man. So this was a that was when. Um, Basically, they needed. They were like, we need a new spot uh, to start, you know, because they, they, at this point, the U.S. military was starting to recognize that China was growing in in power. Uh, it was it was, right. it was no longer like this agricultural, uh, you know, kind of like a stretch of like land that was just like communist and kind of like uh, fumbling on the world stage. They were like, yeah, these guys are getting big and they're going to get bigger. And they're like, we need places in Asia more than just what we had, and also places that are going to be there for us, and you know, not. You know, pull the rug out from under one of our operations with like you know, a, a a diplomatic session about right. The, like you know, even the, the even if even if the Philippines weren't withdrawing, they would probably want to find another another spot because they're trying to like fortify the military installations in Asia because China is getting more economically powerful, and uh, that is obviously a problem for uh, the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you're like, you know, you're, uh, you know, you go through a few relationships, you start to see the telltale signs of like, you know, like your chick might leave you, like she starts taking stuff from your house <laughs> that she had left there. You're like, oh, okay, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, time to start building the roster. No, I'm kidding. Um, so that's when uh, Leonard had the idea to build a world class pier in the Indonesian province of Bali. 
He put up his own money to build it, and he secured the land in a deal with the local government. In about a year or so, Bali now had a world-class port capable of harboring naval ships. And as the ship started pulling in, Leonard watched those first crews of American sailors sauntering off the ship and onto the pier with pockets full of cash in search of all the booze, food, and hookers that United States dollar could buy. He immediately Absolutely. understood. Yeah, yeah, he really immediately understood what he needed to do. Uh, so a less enterprising man would have simply sold those guys some beers and collected a little bit of uh, bread off securing them some female company. But why can't this guy just be happy with that and not (laughs) cause international incidents? You can make so much money from these guys just doing that. The normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like the the stuff that he bought with his money, it was cool, but it would be like, it was stuff like, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I'm not saying like I, I would like a cool car to drive it and a bottle of whiskey, but I feel like he could have bought one of those for himself. Uh, and yeah. that, you know, and that was that. It was like, it, like, but he was the, the, he's the kind of dude. He, you know, like, like, oh, can I train a live tiger to drive my Rolls Royce? I'll find out. You know, like just like right. weird shit like that. Uh, he didn't do that. That was uh, he should have though. <laughs> but he like but, he if you pitch that to him, he'd be like, that's not a bad idea. I should give that. A yeah, try. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, if you talk to a less brave man, he would tell you that Tiger could never drive that car. I'd say come back in six weeks. Matter yeah. of fact, I'll pick you up. And he sends, he sends the Tiger driving the car. Totally. <laughs> the car Tiger just pulls your house. You're like, man, hats off, Leonard. You did it again. And they said so, he couldn't do it. Yeah. They said he couldn't do it. He's getting the car just filled with like clawed up seats and Tiger shit. You're like, all right, well, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, so he was like, but he knew that if that would be a pittance compared to what the U.S. Navy was going to pay him for food, fuel, and port fees. Now, the only limitation was the inability to plan around a ship's arrival, because as you could expect the movements of uh, merchant ships, you know, you could expect to to know the movements of merchant ships. U.S. Navy warships and where they go and when they're going to be there and what they're doing next, highly classified material. Uh, There's Mm. a, uh, as as Shannon told me, he was like, yeah, you know, uh, loose lips sink ships. It's, It's... it, it, it's saying exists for a reason, you know. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very like literally see, about this exact problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can't know where ships are. Yeah, because like, see, one thing I think that sets the navy apart from the branches is like their presence in another country tends to be like a little more relatively copacetic than like say the marines. Like if the marines are in your country, like shit is bad. Uh, it's entirely antagonistic. Uh, you know, any any way they reach out to the local governments and stuff is you, you understand they're doing for their own benefit. Like with the Navy, it's like they show up in ports and it's like, Hey, we got to get our guys off the ship and go behave out there. You know? And so right, like, like ship <laughs> ships have to dock places. It's not a yeah. permanent, a permanent installation necessarily. Yeah. And so you got there, you start, you start drink, throwing back a few beers. You say the wrong shit, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it could, it could very quickly turn into an international incident. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you don't know when they're showing up. I would imagine there's a few days warning, but that's about it. Uh, but mm-hmm. you can nothing you can really plan a business around. So uh, that is decided. That's, that is assuming they even decide to use your port. Uh, those decisions are made weeks in advance, with zero consideration made to the local economies that would impact that would be impacted by their arrival. Mm-hmm. So the grunts racing off the ship to get loaded wouldn't know details like that. If they did know that the ship was going to go to a different port, that they you know they couldn't control where they went. So it was like he was like, okay, these these grunts, you know, they're fun to hang out with, but they're not really who I need to talk to. They're not uh, helpful he, for me. Yeah. Yeah. What he needed access to was the professional officer class that, you know, runs the upper echelons of the Navy that actually call the shots. 
So officers were harder targets for sure. They they weren't going to be swayed by a bottle of whiskey and a free trip to a brothel. Like that was you know you're not going to get them out of the room for that. Um, yeah. They were all. They also were highly trained individuals selected for their loyalty to the military and their dedication to the cause. So you know you're dealing with people with a little more skin in the game, a lot more to lose than like a a guy who just yeah. joined. So officers also kept to themselves uh, for professional reasons. They didn't really fraternize with enlisted men, and they didn't really engage with locals. Uh, they kind of they kind of kept to their own. Now his massive frame set him apart uh, from the locals. So Leonard decided he's like, you know what? I need to I need to stylize myself as kind of these guys. So already he looks the part of like a big fat American or European. You know, what I'm saying like he's yeah. he's huge, he's gigantic, yeah. Um, Something no blue zone diet would ever allow a human body to achieve. You know, <laughs> so I say achieve like he's not about to die. But uh, so he, uh, yeah, so he was like, he started just like dressing, like looking the part, basically. And also, I said his accent helped him out too. He's easy to talk to. He spoke great English, and he sounded like you were talking to an American more or less. So then later, like even cranked it up a little bit. Uh, he began dressing in American flag shirts and ties, and he printed naval style hats with his company's Glen Marine and bold military front. This fa- is like, front. this is like the U.S. military version of Elizabeth Holmes wearing the Steve Jobs turtleneck. That's what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do, doing the voice. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when he would just, it, it, uh, also if you. Uh, if you saw him, um, like if you were working with him, like in the in the golden age of cell phone ringtones, uh, his ringtone was uh, uh, "God Bless the USA" by fucking Lee, uh, Lee Greenwood. So yeah, he's laying it on a little thick. Really laying it on thick. And, but it's, again, I grew up, you know, like in, in military households. Uh, big shocker. Those guys love some patriotic shit. Like, like it's like, yeah, it, yeah, it's not like, whereas like some, some general members of the public, like if I go somewhere, there's a million American flags hanging up. I'm not worried or do I care, but I'm always kind of like, Oh, what's this place about? You know, like it's like it, sure. military guys, they love it. So, uh, he would, uh, he's, so he started like just making himself a presence around, around ships and docks and ports. And again, he owned a bunch of these different ports. So it wasn't just like Singapore is one of his main ones, but you know, he, he could hear that. Uh, oh, they're in, they're in, uh, you know, another city. He could just fly out there, and just like he was, he was where they were. So he would walk in, and he would, um, he would go in there. He would start engaging officers with his over-the-top personality. He walks in. He's just, you know, again, probably unlike a person most of them deal with every day. So and then he would also, after he was done with his meetings, he would wander below deck, and he became like a fast favorite among the enlisted men as well. Um, if you caught up with him in the, you know, in the early 2000s out of the military base, he was just like the funnest dude walking around. Guy was like, hey, yeah. Leonard, fat Leonard, what's up, man? Like, just, Life uh, of the party. Yeah, cool guy, man about town. Uh, so when he would discuss contracts with ship commanders, uh, uh, commanders, he began to like kind of like linger uh, after their meetings, you know, just kind of hang out and just learn the scene and stuff. So more importantly, whenever a ship pulled into one of the harbors, once they kind of knew who he was and they, you know, they, they were friendly with them, he started rolling out like the reddest of carpets out there for these guys, like literally red carpets. Um, and then he would also just, so he'd pull up and he would, he would roll up in a chauffeur Rolls Royce or another quarter million dollar car. Uh, and, See, and like, to, I get, it, I get why this worked, but I'm also like, I just feel like if you meet a guy who is not from the U.S. but has an American accent and is showing up in a chauffeured Rolls Royce, and you don't under, really understand what his background is, it's like this guy is like CIA or a spy or like something yeah. where you don't want to tell him stuff. Like, yeah, I get that he's like personally like very able to win people's favor because he's charming mm. and everything, but it's like. All of this stuff sounds like 
this is this is not someone you want to talk to. Like this is yeah. This guy's crooked. This guyy's crooked. He seems like uh, it, it, so people who I I, I I like did interviews with him. Like the the guy who runs that podcast is literally called Fat Leonard. Pretty good. Check it out. Uh, he, the guy the guy who runs that uh, is this British journalist, and I was reading an interview with that he did about the podcast. With somebody and they were like, yeah, the guy seems so cool. And he was like, if you spend more than five minutes talking to him and you got some sense in your head, you immediately know it's 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 not genuine. Like it's it's very yeah. self serving, and. Um, you know, but like, but as far like you know, if you're if you're pragmatic about it, like, well, it's self serving for him, but it's, it's as long as it's self serving for me, I'll stick around, and when it stops, I'll leave. Right. Uh, if I also can get in the Rolls Royce, you know, yeah. then so be it. Also, the guys that I mean, we're gonna get into, like some of the, the individuals that he that he that he flipped uh, later, but like, I like to think that they were like, I'm not saying they, they, they were they were squares because I mean, they're, they're they're hooking up with escorts and they're and they're drinking booze and shit, like, but like, it kind of feels like the guys. I get the vibe they were guys who couldn't provide their own good time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can, yeah. They yeah, needed like, I, I, a central I, I, party figure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need to hang out with, like, a dude who, like, goes out and buys everybody drinks all the time just to get the drinks and have fun because, like, hey, buddy, that's what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, that's, yeah, you are like, that I, but or, or just the people that, like, I know and, and gravitate towards are people going to have a good time by themselves. These guys yeah. seem like very buttoned down career Navy men who were given a, given a bit of a chance to while out and didn't. And you hadn't been through enough to understand that, like, oh, this is going to get real bad real fast. Yeah, um, like, this is a novelty fr- for them, this kind of partying. Yeah. So so you'd pull up, and you would have the chauffeur Rolls Royce, and then you'd have an elite team of hand-picked escorts that he called SEAL Team 6. Hey. Hell yeah. <laughs> that rocks. So he'd walk up, he'd put a girl in the arm of each officer, and he'd walk up to the trunk where he'd open up, he'd reveal bottles of top-shelf liquor, and, like, top-shelf, like... Uh, shelves that we don't even see you know what I'm saying? like yeah. top shelf like oh like, oh this like no like shit that costs like 40 grand a bottle and shit like that and yeah. so he would bring this guy and then he would be like what's up where, 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 where are we dinner tonight and he'd be like you guys are coming with me twenty thousand dollar meals at mm-hmm. you know michelin star restaurants so it was uh it was at one of these outings in singapore in 2006 that he met her and, and to be clear he was gunning for this the whole time like this is like what he was doing he's like i'm just looking this was for the a plan yeah so he, he met a, uh, a retired Air Force officer named Paul Simpkins. Uh, Simpkins was now working in a civilian capacity for the Navy as, uh, this, this is a naval term, the guy who decides to give who contracts to. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, that's, look it up. Uh, so that was, that was his, he was the guy who gave out contracts. And like, also, have some wherewithal in your head, man, like, if if the get the guy rolls up in the American flag jumpsuit with a God bless the USA right on his phone, he's like, "Hey, Navy contractor man, how you doing? I am American sounding too." You know, like it's just like, okay, this is about to be. Well, it's like what? I mean that guy's that guy's entire job is to be bribed. Like his whole his whole yeah. job is like I'm the guy you bribe. That's my role. Yeah. Oh, and to be clear, like, if it if I ever get an ounce of power. I am totally for sale. Okay, like, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Reach out to me. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I got, I got lines I won't cross. But if you're in the wheelhouse, let's do it, man. So, uh, yeah. So it was a. Uh, so yeah, he he meets Simpkins. So Simpkins uh, agreed to meet Leonard uh, for a drink at a hotel bar. <laughs> like, it's like I just, I was just gonna meet him for one drink, and I don't know. It just 
got out of control. Next thing I know, 16 years later, we built the Navy out of a billion dollars. You know? Yeah, wh- one uh, thing led to another. It happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing led to another. I knew him most of my life. Uh, <laughs> Leonard arranged to meet him at, uh, at a hotel bar in Singapore. And after gauging his willingness to get dirty, which I bet he's like dropped to his knees. He's like, please. <laughs> so he... He was like, he basically pitched him on the time-honored tradition of kickbacks. And the deal was struck, and Simpkins became the first and probably most fiercely loyal instrument of Leonard's. Uh, to give an idea as to what one of these contracts look like looks like, in 2018, years after this broke and was still being investigated, uh, GDMA still secured $200 million in contracts that year. Wow, just and, one year, yeah, $200 million. One year, in the midst of the, the one of the largest fraud investigations in like uh, naval history so yeah like while he was under investigation that's how much he made and he did this yeah, yeah. He, he did this for what 20 years 15 years something like that yeah about 15 years so yeah a billion dollars like safely yeah, yeah, probably yeah. say a billion dollars that is easily yeah and also like, like one thing like there's like cool guy points he's one of those dudes like he has nice shit he's a 130 million dollar home in singapore he has he's on house arrest at his home in san diego now but he's one of those, he's one of those cats that, like He's probably going to go out with just a bunch of cool shit and no cash on hand. You know, just yeah. like, yeah. And it's quote Kenny's powers. Whenever you get money, buy a bunch of expensive shit. Cause even when you're broke, you'll still have expensive shit. And you're better than other people. <laughs> so true. So true. Yep. So, to, uh, so Simpkins provided his loyalty pretty early on in 2006 when, um, one of the, the poorest bastards of the story, uh, Naval finance officer by the name of Dave Shouse, alerted Simpkins of what was what looked to be a heavily inflated invoice from Fat Leonard. Shouse wrote an email stating that, uh, I'm sure you'll see what's wrong with this. You know, one of those things like, like uh, clearly, if you just, I, I think we can both agree this is not right and you need to take care of it uh, kind of e- emails. Uh-huh. And so, and he thanked him in advance for taking care of it. Instead, Simpkins alerted Leonard um, they got the Navy to squash the entire investigation that Shouse had uh, that Shouse had uh, suggested open up, and then you know sometimes they might like oh, oh like I'll I'll you'll lose your job or whatever they they actually eliminated Shouse's job from the military payroll altogether. They were like oh yeah guess what what you do doesn't even exist anymore. Like I damn I don't know, yeah oh work at the shit na- there was a guy whose job was to check this stuff that's not a job yeah. anymore we can't have that. <laughs> That's a redundancy. That's an inefficiency. We can't be spending money on that. No yeah. way. Yeah, this guy's got to go work at the outdoor naval library in Anchorage. You know, <laughs> like that's where he's going. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, and then again, Leonard is a is a crime boss. He saw that. And he was like, "Oh, this guy, I, I you know, my you know, my guy, my own flesh and blood, right here, basically." And he ended up yeah. giving him. Uh, he ended up giving him uh, just for that envelope with fifty grand in it. Take that. Thank you. Lovely. So, yeah. Now, word got out about how cool this guy Fat Leonard was. <laughs> like, man, you gotta meet this guy Fat Leonard. Like, <laughs> hey, man, you like like you like like uh, like like pussy, like really good meals and shit. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> uh, so, word got out that Fat you know, about this, this Fat Leonard guy, and soon Leonard was uh, had zero problem building a roster of Navy ship commanders and colonels and even admirals. He had guys in the NCIS offices in every major city in Asia. They tell stories about. Before this shit broke, there was a total of 29 immediately opened and shut investigations um, wow. in several different offices. That basically means higher-ups were like, hey, you got to look into this guy. And some guy in the office on the payroll was like, on it. And they opened it up and immediately shut the investigation down. And, yeah, uh, like, 
immediately like those are the people that weren't even hiding it like of all like yeah. those are the people that weren't even uh acting like this was wrong so 29 people just right at the beginning that's pretty intense yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was just like it's it, like they look back at it and like they like investigators they were like trying to like really close in on this they were like man i would call ncis offices and like we started getting like the like the hey man well you guys are causing trouble what are you causing trouble for like you know like, like these guys yeah, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they've beaten every investigation like you know we we work on this base with these contractors you're making our job harder you never find anything and the guys were like yeah because you guys close the investigations in like a day <laughs> and they're like of course right. you're find shit you just look and you're like don't want to touch this one goodbye yeah 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 like, I didn't want to be here. I joined NCIS because I literally thought I was auditioning for the TV show. No, I, I was right. in the actual <laughs> Navy. Yeah. I walked into the recruiter's office and I said, can I get on JAG? <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so he starts building up this, uh, you know, he had, like I said, he had offices in every major city in Asia. One of these guys, and even a few, a few, uh, it, like, it, it sounds weird that you should have to say it, but, uh, you know, the Navy has a very bad bad history with the, the, their treatment of female officers i don't remember like if you heard the tail hook scandal that courage under fire was uh based on um mm. so yeah so basically but there was even like some some girl bosses out there who were also engaging in high level corruption so i think that's that's good <laughs> that is, that's uh, progress that's real progress happy yeah. to hear it oh, littered such a slimy piece of shit like he, he was like like he's one of those guys that like can't not tell you told, tell you that he got laid you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so he's sitting there and he goes, Yeah, no, there was female officers too. And they they got just as bad as the boys. And there's like a pause. He was like, I had sex with her. <laughs> I don't want anybody telling you that Fat Leonard doesn't fuck, because I fuck. Okay, so. Um, so yeah, so he he's he's I want to go into there's so many people who are involved in this, like that he was able to flip and turn. And mm-hmm. all of them are kind of entertaining and interesting. So I chose some of the highlights. And if you go on the, okay. just the Wikipedia page for the Fat Leonard scandal, I research a lot of scandals and I will go down to like the, the victim's charge like a little, or the, the criminal's charge in like a little graph and I'll like scroll up and it's usually like five or six names. This is like 75 names. It just keeps going. So, Holy shit. Yeah. Um, first guy, uh, Edmund Rufo. Edmund Rufo was a, uh, a New York dude, officer. He... It was known for being a little more of a rowdy party party guy than the other officers. Like they they, they, were, they would keep to themselves or whatever. He would like, go out in the locals, like just get drunk by himself at a, like, a, a bar in Singapore. You know, he had a he had a wife who was Japanese who lived in Japan, and he he presented something with for Leonard that was like he was separate. Like he could tell he had his own life. He had his, he had his own ideas about what Evan Rufo is going to do anyway when he wakes up that day, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, as like whereas Navy guys don't really the military guys tend to not think that way, you know. So, right. Arufo worked in a field in the Navy called force protection that was in charge of protecting Navy assets during operations, essentially security for the Navy. Yep. And he also worked closely with defense contractors who provided that security. So after the attack on the USS Cole, in which Al-Qaeda uh, piloted a boat carrying explosives right up to the ship while it was in port in Yemen, uh, killed 17 sailors, wounded 37, horrible tragedy, Navy had to react. So they were like, okay, we need to like come up with some ideas to, to defend the ships while they're important. And Leonard came with this idea that he called the Ring of Steel. And the Ring of Steel was the initial prototype model. Uh, Usually you don't sell prototypes for money, but he definitely did. Uh, The prototype model was just hundreds of, like, sealed up plastic barrels 
that were connected with like fencing and, and cable. <laughs> it was like, and okay, just that's not up. a ring of steel. That's a ring of plastic barrels, but all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and then what happens? Yeah, the guy with the boat rolls up. He goes, oh, there's a gate. And they turn around and yeah. they leave. <laughs> like, that's what happens. So, of course, yeah, they just give up. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so he was like, so he, he goes this and he calls the Ring of Steel defense system. And he he first uh, shows it to like a, a, a Navy officer that is not like one of his guys. And the guy was like, he told him, he told him immediately, he's like, dude, I will buy that for two thirds of the price or for one third of the price you're quoting. Knocked it down by two thirds and rejected the proposal. Uh, well, he just goes over to his boy, Arufo. And later, with the assistance with the assistance of Rufo, he was able to get the Ring of Steel to be implemented at every Navy port for his initial one million dollar price tag. <laughs> now it was nice. it was a, later it was turned into uh, it was um, uh, upgraded to like instead of barrels it had actual boats. But anyway, it, it was the thing that never really caught on with people in the Navy. It was like a joke. They were just like, "Yeah, I yeah, don't know, man, it's I don't dumb. think dumb. Yeah, it's really yeah. dumb. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Finally, after th- thousands of years of maritime activity by humans, we have come up with the sea fence. You know, I don't know what happened yeah. before. <laughs> Water porch. Uh, so uh, <laughs> now another guy that I saw, this is just basically off of his name and his actions. There's a guy, Lieutenant Commander Gentry Weaselboy DeBoard. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Again, you should know from this nickname, not yeah, a nefarious yeah. individual. <laughs> not He's someone like, to trust. I- I ain't, I ain't nothing, man. I ain't shit. I'm so sorry. I'm Weasel Boy. I suck, dude. Uh, so Weasel Boy was a former logistics officer and stock control officer aboard the USS Essex from 07 to 2010. Now, he admitted taking bribes from GDMA for several years in the form of travel, entertainment, and the services of prostitutes, uh, with evidence including his reported having indulged in group sex. Um, yeah, so really, like, yeah, like you- hats off to and respect for... The sex workers who had to have sex with Weasel Boy. They're, yeah, they're yeah, the real yeah. heroes in this story. That's a tough I, job. Weasel Boy, I just think of like uh, the uh, John Cryer's character in Hot Shots, but like, yeah, without, like without, yep. without any of like the, the, the looks that allowed John Cryer to be in TV and movies. You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the guys that John Cryer like represents. In, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crazy to think John Cryer is the ideal. Of that He's guy. like the attractive <laughs> version of that guy. Yeah, that's dark. Uh, so, yeah, so he was a, uh, and then he had group sex. Which, hey, by the way, some guys like, yeah, I can get you prostitutes. I'm like, ah, you said prostitutes. That's plural. I'm holding you to that. Plural. Yep, yeah, I'm yeah, holding yeah. you to it. You didn't say one. <laughs> I was like carrying a little air horn and a keychain called the plural alert. So whenever <laughs> I need that out in the wild, <laughs> yeah, you have a few beers. Like plural alert. We all saw that. Plural. He said two. Yep. So DeBoard assisted um, assisted Glenn, uh, Glenn being uh, Leonard, that's his last name. Uh, I'm on a first name basis with him, unlike the uh, the, the Wikipedia article. Um, <laughs> DeBoard assisted Leonard in, uh, uh, in submitting fake invoices to the Navy, and they also tipped Francis off about a Navy investigation. Francis, also him, uh, tipped him Wait, off yeah, about what? a Navy investigation. Who, who is who is Francis? What is this? It's 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 uh, it's what is it? Leonard Francis Drake. Glenn is the name of his of his company. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Leonard Francis Drake. Glenn is the name of his yes. company. Got it. Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah. So he would t- so he would tip him off about investigations. Uh, now DeBoard is eventually caught, and he attributed his entanglement to the whole thing to his sex addiction. <laughs> Weaseled his way out of Classic. it. Classic. <laughs> yep. Classic excuse. Love to hear it. <laughs> 
So he pleaded guilty in October 2016 to conspiracy to commit bribery. Uh, he was sentenced in January 2017 to 30 months in prison, had to pay 52 grand restitution, and mm. uh, was sent to the Federal Correctional Institution in Morgantown, Virginia. Now, couldn't weasel his I, way out of that one. Good weasel's way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't weasel your way out of Virginia, buddy. You're there. Isn't Virginia? Virginia is for weasels instead of the is for lovers thing. <laughs> so we have now uh, these guys are like, <laughs> what? Just this is a group of contractors. Again, these guys rotated all the time. Like he over the course yeah. of the scam, like he had tons of people. Uh, and th- 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 these guys were a real memorable class. It was a, a group of of commanders and um, like I was one of, one, of, one of was a rear admiral. Yeah, commanders and admirals. Uh, and captains, and they were all uh, they they called themselves in in group emails interchangeably both the cool kids or the wolf pack. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah! Not yeah, a lot yeah. of creativity, <laughs> but I love the spirit of it. You know, a little yeah. cliche, but these guys aren't known for their you know their wit. That's not what they're yeah about. yeah no good for them. They've got real dad band energy to them, like a dad yeah, garage band yes. comprised of dads. <laughs> it's like this. Um, have you been Have you been watching Righteous Gemstones? Have you seen any of that show? Yes. Yeah. You You know how like Danny McBride is always like convening the men in the church to like do stuff. Yeah. Like, to carry out <laughs> schemes and stuff. That's like what. That's what I imagine these guys are. Is that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. They get like. Yeah. They get one wild night under their belt. It gets out of control and shit. Like yeah. So these guys um, were, they were kind of under their, their boy was uh, these, there was a guy named commander Stephen shed and he was the uh, commanding officer of the USS Milius. It's a destroyer. And he was the planning officer for the United States seventh fleet. Now I told you about, it was all about when are these ships going to get here? Where are they going to go? So mm-hmm. this guy was the guy who figured that out. And he, <laughs> and his, uh, his cronies uh, who are, Great names here. Commander Donald Bubbles Hornbeck and uh, Captain David Too Tall Lousman and uh, nice. R- Rear Admiral Bruce Franklin Loveless. That one's normal. But uh, yeah, so these guys, yeah, these guys are just like the, the, the fucking dirty dozen, dude. They go and allegedly recruited into the scheme in 2006. Fra- uh, Francis, the kid that says Leonard. Leonard claimed to have paid for their their stay at the uh, Shangri La in um, in Manila, so in the in the presidential suite where he and Hornbuck and Dolan and Lousman and Loveless drained the hotel of its entire stock of Don Perignon, and yeah. uh, they went they went on what was described by investigators as a quote raging multi day party with a rotating carousel of prostitutes, living Fucking it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just like talking to your wife, like, baby, rotating carousel does it, that's not even describes what was happening. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you really don't want you really don't want to have that printed about any of your activities, quote, rotating carousel of prostitutes. Not a good look. Really not a yeah, good Yeah, not look. at all. Uh their alcohol charges exceeded fifty grand. Um and then there's just a ton of emails between them afterwards. Because, again, it's the dad band. They're not thinking about, you know, having to fucking keep shit under wraps. Yeah. Uh, they just emailed and uh, Shed, the ringleader, said, man, it's been a while since I've done 36 hours of straight drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta Which get that just, in yeah. writing on your doctor yeah, yeah, email. Yeah, yeah. Good job. <laughs> 
Hey, I sent you that email about the 36 hours of straight drinking. Let me know if you got it. I'm going to send you a voice memo, too. Hold on. I'll call back saying what I said <laughs> in the email. Uh, I want to make sure you get it. So now uh, this guy, now in the, the podcast, uh, Leonard was talking. He was like, he said well, those guys were there. So they're the presidential suite. And apparently uh, um, General MacArthur stayed there. And General MacArthur, famous for his corn cob pipe. Well, they have a uh, a a replica corn cob pipe in the room in like a glass case, and these like you know representatives of the United States military uh, wasted no time in getting that pipe out of the case and into a, a young a, a lovely young woman <laughs> in, in their care, and that was the joke. They're like, "Yeah, MacArthur's pipe," and he was like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "These guys." are desecrating you know like a, a historical artifact from their country in this hotel room now people have said he might be making that up and that's not true but like littered as he as, as he says videotaped everything by putting cameras in the karaoke machines so he claims to have video evidence of just about everything that ever happened where he was present um and when asked like why would you do that he didn't quite give the answer you would expect he goes well i mean it's a mix of business and personal yeah, you know, I mean, if I'm on a couch and what I'm having creep. sex with, yeah, he goes, if I'm having sex with with a with a, a lady next to a, a buddy of mine, an admiral, you know, that's cool. I want to I want to go back and watch that later. That's <laughs> so, cool. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. And then he, uh, but just say also, blackmail and let people not. Yeah, yeah, think yeah. You're yeah. a fucking pervert, like. Yeah, hey man, I really wish you would have just like straight up old fashioned black blackmailed me. You know, like I, uh, I bounced back from that. I'm still really. I'd rather confused. think that that's why you were doing it than you were gonna watch it later. Like, yeah, you, you know. just see the camera. You're Ugh. like, oh god, literally, I can't believe you're gonna blackmail me. He's like, what? Wait, what? Who, no, 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 not at all. I'm just no, going I'm gonna to... jerk off to this later. Yeah, 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 way yeah, worse. Yeah. Way worse. Yeah. Why are you being weird, man? Uh, you know, uh, so let's see. Then we have um that one. So oh, also another thing that I noticed with with, with him when he would do these things, he he didn't seem very fond of these guys. Like all of them, yeah. And it's crazy because they said out he was like the nicest, friendliest dude. I mean, yeah, surprise, surprise, he's playing him. But like, again, it wasn't really just about getting money for this guy. It was like I want to be a mafia boss, like I see in movies, and, yeah. and, and they're manipulative and they move people around like chat, like you know, ch- pieces of like pieces on a chessboard, and that's what yeah. they. You can tell that was like that was it for him, and like this was like part of the fun. It seems like right. He wanted to be a player. It wasn't just about money. Yeah. He's like, I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. And by crush, I mean breaking chairs. And <laughs> based solely on where I hang out, the chairs are very expensive. It's becoming a real problem. Uh, <laughs> so we can't get out of here without discussing. I wanted, I wanted to talk about the uh, the Braveheart. So as I tell you more about Fat Leonard, the hard partying, karaoke singing mob boss who finessed the Navy out of probably around a billion or more, it's easy to get the impression this guy was cool as hell, right? cool guy not based on what i just said though but yeah i was gonna say i guess yeah i mean up until yeah, the yeah, last yeah. 10 minutes or so <laughs> yeah i i this is one of those things i wrote like out of place <laughs> <So> <laughs> but one thing that's important to remember about how cool he was and on top of the fact that he was very uncool in those uh those ways we just talked about also at the end of the day he was one of those guys who thought it was cool to be in the military and he wasn't in the military like yeah. that's like I mean that's yeah. also I feel like the motivation like he thought these mafia guys were cool he also clearly like even if he didn't like these people as individuals he clearly thought the military was cool yeah exactly yeah for for himself because he uh, he went around and he actually got a um 
he, he started so he started wearing like I said like pretty much like faux military military attire like like mm-hmm. like clothes designed to look like you know a dress blues and shit. Yeah. But he so at one point he ended up in possession of a. Well, he had a private security force that followed him around Singapore and Humvees guarding, guarding his $130 million mansion. Uh, but then he also decided that he needed naval supremacy as well. And he went and bought, and I tried to look for the name of this boat. I, I don't know what it was, but it looks like if I, if I saw that, I'm like, oh, it's a military boat that can roll up and fuck some shit up. And he got it. And <laughs> it's, it's, like, military... it's like the, the ocean equivalent of like guys who drive like Hummers and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very well put. And so he pulls up in this thing, and he calls it the Braveheart, and uh, and yes, yeah, it's called the Braveheart for the reasons you think. It's definitely named <laughs> after the Mel Gibson movie. There's no, there's no deeper meaning. Uh, he liked Braveheart. So, as we discussed earlier, it was very difficult to draw the line where littered in the U.S. Navy, not you know, kind of like where where they ended and began. You know, they were almost amal- like amalgamous. Uh, not even including the compromising material he possessed on just about everybody. Leonard was privy to highly classified up to the minute boots on the ground information about where ships, missiles and troops were at all times and where they'd be later. And this made him a high value target for kidnapping and torture, but also just somebody yeah. to legit try to flip as a double agent, you know, like, like yeah, like, no, it, that it, was it, like my first thought when all this started was like, this guy is a spy probably like this guy at it, least has been courted by foreign government. <clears throat> Um, and to, to do, you know, as an intelligence yeah. asset. And there is not one of those people that were involved with him that could, that could say, no, I knew he wasn't because of X, Y, Z. Like none of all of them yeah. were, were, were I, I would imagine, um, probably packing it away somewhere in the back of their head, you know, like where they were just like, yeah. I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to drive this it, Rolls Royce. Yeah. But it, it does make sense that he wanted to have a security force. Cause yeah, like. I mean, yeah. he might have been doing that stuff willingly, but he also it was like a super valuable target for somebody to to kidnap and you know interrogate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, like it was you know, wasn't like it wasn't unnecessary. But well, all the things we just talked about that. Keep that in mind when I tell you that uh, there was more occasion, more than one occasion, where the Braveheart was used to transport platoons of India's legendary and wildly badass Gurkha mercenaries into covert operations involving the Navy SEALs. So these are highly sensitive and secure and large-scale troop and fleet movements that are like the very definition of classified. And yeah, if you, on a guy's personal boat. On a guy's personal boat, yeah, because he was like, because it's like a whole, like, they move like tons of ships. It's like the way you don't think, like, how many trucks like a wrestling organization would need or whatever like so much mm-hmm. shit goes in like the you know, the, the navy seals whatever take off like down the line where it's just them but like a few miles out offshore they got this boat and then further back there's this boat so it's a huge mm-hmm. ship movement and if you look at the radar reports or anybody like who was just there they're like yeah yeah you could just see right there on the screen of all the boats was Leonard's floating whorehouse and brunch bar just like rolling right yeah. alongside all the other ships. He was just out it's, there. It's and like that, if there like, was a if it's like if there was a military convoy and then there was just like a Honda Civic tailing it, like yeah. bringing more guys. <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed on there. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And, and like like I I think he he provided like other ships, but like, you know, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a defense contractor. Yeah, you guys need ships for these troop movements and uh I'm assuming it's a little off the books. I can find ships. I'm a local, but like now, like yeah. also, I'll be there too. Okay, so yeah. When do we leave? Seven? Can we do eight? Can we do eight? Because I, I think <laughs> eight works better for me. So <laughs> they, uh, so yeah, so they they that's just like bizarre. So 
A few things to address, though, before we approach our current endpoint in uh, in the uh, Navy story here is uh, basically like. So, like, if you like, like were to look aside, like um, all the, you know, the, the sex workers and the drinking and the destruction of the naval family unit. That's another thing. These guys were buying like like Leonard was buying Gucci handbags, like 10 at like. You know, like ten at a pop, giving these guys when they go home, like, hey, I know you smell like weed and hooker spit. Here is a here's a, a Gucci handbag to give to your wife, and all these like, yeah. lavish prizes. And mm-hmm. but like how a lot of this started coming to to light, like they, he was already being investigated, but naval wives were starting to be like, yeah, every time, yeah, like like you know, my my husband goes to uh, you know like, like all these work trips or whatever, and he's like you know staying at like five star hotels. I know it's not the navy paying for it, right? They and, suspect something's going on. If, yeah. Like at the very least, infidelity, possibly yeah. also state secrets being shared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I would I'm sure I I hope a few of these ladies were vocal. Like, look, I don't give a fuck about the state secrets. I just want to know that. I just want you to know that my husband is fucking some lady in uh, in Singapore. But uh, yeah, they um. Oh yeah, so yeah, they they basically like. Also, if you are if you are actively committing crimes that could like somehow stumble into the category of light treason, like you can't be fucking around your wife, man. Like that's uh, that yeah, is... yeah, yeah. You got to pick a lane. You got you can't yeah, yeah. do both of those. <laughs> yeah, but again, that's what it was. It was like these guys were all just like like it was all dudes that wanted to party. Now, a number of the investigators who were like dealing with the uh, you know or looking at this case were female navy officers. And like the level of disgust that's just like palpable in their statements about this is just like yeah, it, it, it which I mean, and rightfully so. But it's like, damn, you know, like I yeah, just like they're like just so like disappointed. They're like they're like, what are you? Yeah, are you kidding me? They're like like you know, I imagine they have to think about their actions way more often and way more critically than, than a lot of these guys have maybe, maybe do all year and they do it like in a week. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, and I'm, like, I'm like very aware of this very specific form of disgust of, uh, f- women in an industry being disgusted and disappointed by the behavior of oh, their yeah. colleagues. It's <laughs> yeah. not, Did I, something it's, it's relatable <laughs> to me. It's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're just like, come the fuck on. Like you guys like, you know, and then like I, I, they, they, I forget the, the woman's name, but she was, um, Meg Ryan's character in uh, Courage Under Fire, she was like, they talked to her on the show. She was just like, man, you know, like all you get told as a, as a female in, in the military is like, oh, you're not cut out or able to handle the situations that you're going to get thrown up against. And like the right. minute you're five minutes away from the ship, like you're, you're just, yeah. you're, you're, yeah, <laughs> you're the most liable person here. So, uh, but yeah, so they were like, so, if you even look aside all of that, though, one thing they'll say is that Leonard was good at his job. His company delivered. Yeah. There were complaints over the years, of course, but that would be true of any contractor doing his job. But again, you have to speak to the unfair advantage that Leonard cultivated for himself. There was always, you know, they were, those were always suppressed and dismissed by Leonard's guys on the inside. But if you ask any service member about Leonard's job performance, they'd be like, yeah, he did the impossible. He got his shit. He got us where we needed to go. He got us the stuff we needed when we were out in the middle of nowhere. So, like, he did the right. job well enough. He did deliver, uh, but, like, the reason he could deliver was probably because he was able to use these sort of clandestine networks that yeah. other people did not have access to. Well, yeah, so many people were like, he was a buffer between, because, like, the, the thing is, like, you know, the military's got to, when they show up somewhere, sometimes they got to shell out some cash and some locals, you know? Like, like hey, like, yeah, you let us operate here, make it easy for us. Here's some money. Um, 
I, I understand need to do that. I understand that it's, like, it's harder to justify to the American taxpayer. So when they have a buffer, a guy like Leonard, who's just, you know, I'll, I'll take care of that. Right. You've got to have your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. So that that again, as we discussed, though, it is to to say that's not to say his crimes were victimless. Clearly, we just talked about you know you can only supply so many guys as sex workers for so often before you're just a human trafficker. And sure. given the realities that sex workers already face on a daily basis, I can only imagine those were made way worse by the fact that they're hopping port to port and servicing foreign troops who are under no obligation to respect them or treat them with any kind of dignity. I, sure. I saw, like, like we're I mean we're all like this is a this is a pro sex worker podcast like get your yeah. money do you got to do but like the power differential between the u.s mil- u.s military personnel and women in southeast asian port cities are like pretty unjustifiable like that is not yeah. that that's not like that, that that is not sex work under the ideal conditions let's just say that yeah like the, it's 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 shady it's not the sex work that's shady it's the those con- yeah. under those conditions bad shit can happen and does happen yeah oh yeah 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 that's that's like i mean shit even just growing up like pretty much any time in a, mar- a military base rubs shoulders with a, a surrounding community um even even when it's not on foreign soil there's like there's yeah. tensions between like that like i remember like in our high school it was like um not uncommon to be like uh oh so and so uh got caught at the barracks uh you know and they're like 15 like a girl would go like hang out with like a mm-hmm. gi and it's like why is that dude bringing her to the barracks i remember like my dad having to like uh he we went to germany um there was some drinking being done in the barracks like commanding officer went in there and there was like young girls in there like it was just, like a huge thing and yeah they had to like send people back to the states and shit it was wild and so um Oh, to be clear, my dad was my dad was in charge of those people. He, he was not at yeah, those yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I understood, but yeah, probably gonna yeah. make that clear. Your dad was the ones like kicking them out. Your dad was yeah, the one yeah, telling yeah, them yeah, to yeah, get yeah. the fuck off the base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was at home with with his family while that was happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, however, uh, yeah. But also another thing about it is that like you know like there's supposed to be fairness in government contracts and that was completely out the fucking window and it just denied a lot of other people chances to make money who weren't fat leonard uh, yeah. but i think that the most troubling when you factor in just how many active duty navy personnel were working willingly and knowingly with him and uh leonard put the lives of tens of thousands of troops in very real danger the entire time they were associated with him like yeah all he had to do was say the wrong thing about what ship would be where to the right guy and you could have you know 10 uss coals the next day you know and yeah. it's again the, the phrase loose lips sink ships and then also if he just even if it wasn't inadvertently if he just one day was like hey you know what i'm gonna add a new level to my game where now i'm a spy for for russia it could right. have, you know it could have potentially killed like and it's like I was, you know imagine he's losing clearly your- he's clearly like money hungry like what would prevent him from selling state yeah. secrets you know like that this of is course. a really precarious person to give all this information to and naval admirals who probably at the end of the day probably could have could have vetted him and like like done some work were just like rushing off the fucking boat spraying banaka in their mouth and diving in the rolls royce and driving off like they just did not give a (laughs) shit and uh yeah yeah and like it it was like it's obviously no one ever wants to lose their 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 child in any capacity but when your child goes off to war or is serving the military that that's that's a, that's a danger it's a real danger it's a real worry and it's like imagine like if you lost your kid's life in a terrorist attack because he was unlucky enough to serve on a ship commanded by a guy named too tall from the Wolfpack gang who was yeah. physically addicted to the good times you know like that's yeah. Just, yeah it's an insulting death so um this whole time that's been going on investigations were getting squashed but 
eventually, in 2010, Navy officials became suspicious that some of the bills submitted by GDMA and Tyler were being padded. Uh, the escalating costs promoted the Navy to build a logistics team to keep contracts somewhat in check. But it was frustrating because uh, Leonard had a spy on the inside. Uh, this guy, Jose Sanchez, feeding information back to him. So despite increasing the awareness that the Navy was being subjected to massive fraud, this is while this was happening, the company still had their banner year in 28, or, I'm sorry, 2011 of a $200 million year. Like, while that was happening. So... After a three-year investigation and having planted false information that their inquiries had been closed to put Francis off their guard, federal agents called him up. They're like, hey, we need you to come to San Diego and discuss a few contracts with them. And he was like, I'll be right over. And he was sitting there. They came in, guns blazing, got his ass in. As he said, he was like, you know, I was always nice to them. They didn't need to treat me like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, he was charged with, uh, you know, essentially – he admitted he admitted to using like U.S. Navy contacts uh, to obtain classified information and defraud the Navy of tens of millions of dollars by steering ships to specific ports in the Pacific and falsifying service charges. Um, he identified seven Navy officials who accepted bribes, and he faces a maximum prison sentence of twenty five years and agreed to a forfeit thirty five million in personal assets. Um, he was held for four that, years in San that's Diego. Not that much thirty five no, yeah, million compared to how much he made. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Like, you were saying no. Yeah, yeah. He's stuff. like, hey, I can get you that thirty-five million real quick. Can I reupholster the seats on a ship this weekend? <laughs> like, okay. like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's gonna be thirty-five million dollars. All right, thank you. Uh, so yeah, he. Uh, now, as of right now, there's been um, there has been over um, five hundred investigations. So people have been criminally charged. Thirty-one people have been criminally charged in connection with the Fat Leonard bribery and corruption scandal. Uh, according to investigators, by November 2017, there was more than 440 people, including 60 admirals. Again, if you ever went west of, uh, yeah, if you ever went west of Hawaii, they were like, "Okay, we gotta talk." And so, 440 30- people charged or just investigated? investigated. So okay. the final number is that now in 2018, uh, 30 people have pled guilty. Uh, the, the 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 wolf pack goes on trial this month. That's who that that's Ooh, who our, our boy okay. our, our boys of the cool kids club are uh <laughs> are, <laughs> when someone names their adult dad drinking group the cool kids, it's by large hundred percent because they weren't cool kids. <laughs> like that's the absolutely, sad part. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't if you were a cool kid, you name it like the fucking Nighthawks or something like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. so um four admirals were uh were disciplined. Um and Two others, uh, including four-star Admiral Robert Willard and three-star Joe Donnelly, were st- are still known to be under investigation. Now, um, Leonard himself pled guilty in 2015 to bribery, conspiracy to commit bribery, and conspiracy to defraud the United States. He agreed to testify for the prosecution to while awaiting sentencing. However, as he has said in his podcast that he is not allowed to do that he's doing anyways, and it's like totally <laughs> throwing the terms of his arrangement off whack, because he said... Basically, when they, they initially charged this thing, they wanted to charge him and four junior officers and, and call it a day. And then he yeah. was like, "No, he's like, he's like, you're not going to get my cooperation." Like, like he's like, he, or according to him, that's, 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 that could be a very fat littered thing to say. But he was basically like, "Yeah, you, um, this needs to go all the way." And he, because so, he had, he's like, "I have more evidence that I can just go public with." So that's when it spread mm-hmm. out even further. And if you believe Leonard. It's not even touching the tip of the iceberg yet. He's he's like he said, if they charged every admiral that I worked with, they wouldn't have admirals. Is what it was what he said. Yeah, so, yeah. He uh he he spent 
four years in a San Diego uh, prison, and then he got transferred to a house he owns in San Diego, uh, in San Diego, because uh, he was found to have terminal kidney cancer. So some people think he might just be like, "Man, fuck it, I'm on the way out. I'm spilling all the beans." Mm. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the. Uh, yeah, they they don't want to investigate everybody that was uh you know basically right. A they were really officer. hoping he'd cooperate so that they wouldn't yeah, have yeah. to <laughs> fire all of their admirals. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and so that is that is where it's at. Uh, again, we have, we've been getting a lot of ongoing stories. Uh, although that one, I think we're yeah. that story is about to about to wrap up because it's been a long one. But yeah, it's still still going on. And the crazy part about this is what happens next. Like what happens after this is like something that's going to completely alter the way the navy works. And um, yeah. the, like the the, the reverberation. I mean, of... it should alter the way the navy works. Yeah. I don't know if it will. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. skeptical that it will. Yeah, or but... in what in what ways will it alter it? You know, say like like it's like oh no yeah we made some changes and I assure you we won't be getting caught with Fat Leonard anymore. And you're exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what does that mean? Like you're not gonna be with Fat Leonard? Like we won't be getting caught with Fat Leonard anymore. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I've noticed most most people who are in the military are like I was talking to Shannon and I was like. When I was like, hey, is this, is it, at what point is this just standard operating procedure? And he was like, it's fucking SOP, man. He's like, this is, yeah. this was how they did business. This wasn't, uh, wasn't a glitch, it's a feature. Wasn't so, unusual, well, yeah. Yeah, I, I think most people uh, kind of understand that, like, you know, the lesson learned from this probably isn't going to be the one anyone wants them to learn. So mm-hmm. there is that. Um, worth it? If you're Leonard, yeah. If yeah, you're anybody I except so. Leonard, no, not at all. Probably not. You're yeah, like, 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 like there's nothing. Like, you, yeah, you're fucked. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, like, I don't. know. Maybe you're not doing you know, what you get, but yeah, it's you're not gonna work in the field that you clearly want to work in anymore. So I would say, not worth it. Also, just like take a few hundred bucks out of savings. I'm sure you can still have a fun night in Singapore. Yeah, you don't need this guy. I mean, but if you're Leonard, it is absolutely worth it. This guy yeah. did great for himself. Uh, four years in San Diego and thirty five million dollars. Not the worst punishment for somebody who made, like we said, likely over a billion. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I he's getting off easy. And now he's out like now he's on house arrest because he's at the end of his life. Like most yeah. of his life, he lived pretty well. So yeah, he's, he's recording a podcast. I mean, I have no visual evidence, but I assume he's cutting up a mango with a knife. I got the vibe. Yeah. So definitely, definitely worth it for Leonard, not for anybody else. Uh, guys, yeah, that's a, that, thank you for sticking around. This might be the longest episode we've ever done. Uh, so <laughs> thank you. Thank you to Shannon Mugridge for giving me all the information about Fat Leonard. And uh, to all the listeners, thanks for tuning in. My name is Pat Sroyce. You can find me on Twitter at PZ Texas. I'm an Austin-based comedian. I post all my show dates there. I have another podcast about um, plants <laughs> called Good at Plants, Bad at Life, where a very knowledgeable and uh, fascinating guy who knows about horticulture and all sorts of cool shit Tells me about plants, and I attempt to be reliably funny. It's a very fun podcast. Uh, mind, my mind gets blown every episode, so check that out. And we also have a Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. We do two additional episodes there a month. And so if you sign up, you get access to those, as well as our back catalog and our Discord server. So it's a fun place to be these days, and so come check us out. Uh, Kathy, got anything for us? Yeah, um, I have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive. It's uh, about stupid news stories. And uh, I have a bunch of shows in March, so follow me on Twitter at Kath Barbadoro. Uh, I live in New York, and I do stand-up around the New York area as much as I can. So I uh, hope to see you there, and thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, guys, take care. Thanks for tuning in. Be safe, be smart, but above all, folks, don't get caught. Don't get caught.
don't get caught. See you next time.